It's week two of the Dynasty Time podcast. We're here to recap it all for you. Scott is here with my co-host, Logan. Why, hello, good sir. How are you with this fine, fine evening? This is getting old. This is getting old. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't here. know who's talking. Hello? I haven't I'm introduced here. you, so I don't know why you're talking. Fucking Browns defense, get out of here. Uh, Logan, you said you were up all night. Where were you last night? Last night? I was, on a, ago? I was on a video call with oh. Hyderabad. <laughs> Shit. Okay. I meant two nights ago. Two nights ago, I was at the Killers concert. There it is. How's that? That was. See, it's so hard when it comes to that particular band because I see them and I think I'm 20 again and I act like I'm 20 again. And then the next morning I wake up and it just sucks so much but in the moment it was an amazing amazing night i would absolutely do it all over again thank you for asking perfect uh we have some guests here tonight dan uh welcome hi and then then, uh we have a very special guest this week uh freelancers owner kevin lance calling in from the west coast hey there wait hey uh hold on one second okay uh, can I be the assistant co-host? Sure, I don't see why. Well, you can be the assistant to the assistant co-host. Well, I Wait. think that establishes your role here, Dan. I'm just going to embrace that at this point because these your, fuckers are getting on my nerves. Your, your name's Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you add me on LinkedIn today? I. That was me. <laughs> oh, shoot. Wow. Whoa. Look at that. We're all getting together. Networking. We're people together. This is fun. Have, have Lance and Logan have ever been in the same room together? Well, like what time? It. Scott's wedding. Scott's, Scott's wedding. wedding. Oh, that's true. Or maybe when Lance came to Madison. Yeah, probably not. Well, good. I've been there a couple of times. Anyway. Well, good we'll be in the you, same. Kevin. It's, a, well, it's, it's the pleasure and an honor, sir. <laughs> This is fun. I appreciate that you accepted my LinkedIn request. I just, I just saw, did not connect those dots. All right. I just, I just accept all of them. It comes with my job. So, but that's good to, good to know. Logan's Um, one of those LinkedIn people that are like, hey, it looks like you and I have a familiar interest. Let's connect. I can assure you that that is most definitely not the case. You haven't accepted mine. Well, before we get into it, I think we should take a moment to thank our sponsors. That's you know, thank yeah. you very much. We're, that, we're okay. Yeah, so true. Uh, welcome to the Dynasty Time Podcast, brought to you by Continental Mills. We make crusties. It's like Aunt Jemima. No, not the syrup, the pancake mix. That's Continental Mills, the second least racist pancakes. That was pretty good. Very nice. Do you, do you drink? Do you eat Continental Mills, Kevin, and love it? Hell no. <laughs> what is your pancake of choice, sir? Pearl Milling Company. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Says no one who lives in California. We actually have better market share on the West Coast. Okay, here we go. Here we go. As as if Scott cares anymore. He's actively trying not to go back to that team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was a great ad. I like ad my pancakes like I like my quarterbacks. They have a short, short memory. Don't ask us about 2005. That was that was years ago. There you go. Who is your quarterback? I don't even know. Matthew Stafford. No, I was say, like when they throw a pick, they want to have a short memory. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's uh, move on. We might have some other ads later in the show, but uh, I'm glad we're getting paid for this now. So. Let's go into the recap. We're going to do a quick, just like we did last week, because I think that worked out well, guys, don't you think? It did. I thought yeah. it was great. All right. We'll go even faster tonight. Let's do it. Okay. Dan, I think you are kicking us off with the worst game. Worst game of the week, yes, because you were in it, yes. Yeah. C-City Boston going to 2-0. and oh. That's the story here. I think we've spent enough time talking about how bad Scott's team is this year. He and I will compete in the shit off bowl this week. Uh, but C-City goes to 2-0. Nice work. Jamar Chase didn't even do much. Joe Mixon didn't even do much. A lot of upside here. But my big question, Amon Ross St. Brown, is that how you say it, Scott? Big Lions fan. It's pretty good. Can he keep this up to keep C-City Boston going? I don't know. But 2-0 is better than most of us can say. So good work there. 
real quick on Scott's team. Did not anticipate Darnell Mooney being nothing this year. Uh, and his running backs are Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny. That well, is impressive level of badness. Kenneth Gainwell has been cut, and the Cole Komet experience has been uh, cut as well. Um, so changes. You know, after two weeks of not getting a catch, it's not going to work for our team. If I were you, I would find a prop bet for Cole Komet scoring a touchdown this weekend and put hundred bucks on it. <laughs> That's really smart. Uh, that's enough of that. Uh, moving on to another shitty team, Dan's shitty team lost to primetime this week. Primetime goes to two and O if I'm primetime, I'm a little nervous given that Trey Lance is out. Matt Ryan gave me negative points and I'm really leaning on two players to give me anything. Uh, so that, that's a little bit of a concern. I would say, uh, for Dan, I don't know. You say you suck, but. I feel like there are enough players here that can give you a week or two. You got two good quarterbacks, so anything's possible. It feels like if Mike Evans didn't get suspended for pushing somebody, I would have a chance against you this week, but otherwise I got, I don't know. I got too many injuries. Oh, and two, not ideal. Nope. Uh, let's uh, let Logan talk about the next game. We got Lee Camps and Green Hill, I think. Yes, both teams are now one and one in a matchup that had less star power than Ball State versus Tulane last weekend. The Justin Field-led league camps ekes out a victory over the Green Hall, who somehow, looking at this roster, managed to win a game last week. DJ Chark returned down to what you expect DJ Chark to be, scoring exactly zero points. And league camps, thanks to the NWO gifting him Cortland Sutton, who got him 16.2 points, gets the victory to move to one and one. Both of these teams suck. It will not matter much long-term going forward. Back to you. <laughs> and time for our next ad read. Uh, Dynasty Time podcast. I, I don't remember the actual name of this podcast. Uh, brought oh, to you by Propel. It's like water, but better. No, not as good as Gatorade or pop or beer or juice, but way better than water. Go fuck yourself, water. Back to you guys. <laughs> That is so good. <laughs> Next up, I think we have Dan. What are your thoughts on Juteng Clan and whatever Miz is? I, it just, Miz I just is. want to point out that in the notes before the podcast, it just says Ju Miz. And I, <laughs> so I had to figure out what that meant, but then I realized. It's hey, the all was, Hasidic recreation. This is perfect for me. Me and Dave, the Rosh Hashanah is uh, coming up here, so. Uh, the Jews in the league get to celebrate here uh, about something because it's certainly not about our fantasy football team. Uh, this was the matchup of the week, though, if for any reason other than we got to watch Luke almost jump off a bridge because Kirk Cousins was yo-yoing with the future of his fantasy football team. I think there was legitimately lead changes in this game, and there was only one active player, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, because Kirk went up and then went backwards a ways and then ultimately had like a 15-yard run um, on the last meaningless possession of the game to, uh, to, to seal a victory for, for the Misfits. Uh, Jutang Clan couldn't quite get to that 2-0 mark. We thought we might see it. He might have been right on the doorstep of, of, uh, of eclipsing his over-under total uh, going into week three. But I do want to talk about Misfits' team. I mean – the Nick Chubb pick, I think, was maybe questioned by some, uh, myself, uh, with the first-round draft pick, but he's he's been very good. Rashad Bateman is a nice pick as well. And this team, Tom Brady's done nothing yet. I think two weeks of like eight, nine points, or six and a half and eight or something like that. So this team has some upside if he can kind of scrape together a couple pieces. Um, on the other side... Worse, he, could be, uh, he could be Kirk Cousins. Exactly. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to actually root for Kirk Cousins. I love that the diehard one of the diehard Packers fans in the league though has him as his quarterback. That makes me very happy. Um, Jutang Clan, not much to say honestly. He's got a couple pieces. He, he's going to make some moves. Uh, a valiant effort here. Uh, if Michael Pittman would have been healthy, I think he would have pulled it off and been two and zero. But uh, you know. Not not a whole lot there to worry about for with Jutan Clan. Disappointing that friend of the pod couldn't pull it off. 
man, disappointing. Uh, let's let's move on, Bobby and Lance, two OG owners right here, uh, Maple grads, if you will. Uh, you know, Bobby put up a good fight, but I am so happy to be here with Kevin tonight. A two and O Kevin Lance team, thanks in part to Tyree Kill not tearing his Achilles, and Matthew Stafford also showing up just a little bit. I do see a Q next to Christian McCaffrey's name, so I, I do wonder what's going on there. But overall, pretty excited that we're seeing Lance at 2-0. This could be the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, I'm going to give a little clicky-clicky on the uh, news for McCaffrey there as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it begins. So it begins. <laughs> I, that, I, I, will, I will tell you, I think you guys had a very spot-on analysis in, um, in the post-draft podcast where – in in season management, really a question mark for freelancers here. Um, so we'll see we'll see how it goes. We'll see how this evolves. Uh, but again, we'll come back to this topic later on in the season. Uh, but yeah, spot on. Tyreek Hill will be carrying the the team uh, this season, and you know we'll maybe have a big announcement about that later on. Um, wow. Any other thoughts on the game? <laughs> Very exciting. I'll just say, Bobby, he goes to one and one. Uh, his wide receiver is a concern. I would say that his running backs, a concern. I would say that too. Josh Allen does his thing. It's just not enough. I don't know if he has enough uh, to overcome the rest of his shitty roster. It's not pretty. The crazy thing is I think half the league though kind of has a shitty roster. That's true. I guess when you just look at it, like he, both of his wide receivers are technically number ones. Juju's on a good, I mean, I know it's got, they have Travis Kelsey, so he's basically one, but Juju is a top wide receiver technically with an incredible quarterback. Brandon Cooks and Davis Mills have something, as we saw last year, and I think week one, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he had 12 points, which is not bad. Um, and he's got a good tight end. So I, I oh, he had Keenan Allen on the bench, guys. I think we missed that. Keenan Allen was out. Uh, he's his true top wide receiver. So, Bobby does have some some options here. I don't think there's any reason to panic. And I do just have to go back to Lance. I just love that Lance is in this position. Yeah, a lot of questionables, whatever. Tyreek Hill might be the pick of the draft. Uh, I passed on him twice. I passed on him twice. I took Mike Evans and Ezekiel Elliott ahead of Tyreek Hill uh, in the third round. And I'm obviously regretting it. Uh, even, when he, and even when Tyreek Hill loses his foot – entirely in week six i'll still be regretting it so nice That's work okay. Lance. yeah dan I, I would say i have the same problem with nick chubb i just can't see myself drafting a running back named chubb i, I really can't get over that <laughs> mental block um but i will point out for keenan allen um he does have a well they're either calling a strained or a sprained uh 30 year old hamstring which is not good. That's that's not going to heal. I think we can all speak from experience on that one. Uh, so he'll be riding that that pine a little bit longer. That is go. that is true. To be fair, he's had a straight hamstring for the last six years, in which he's had like over a thousand yards receiving in most of them. But yeah, now he's over the 30, 30 year mark that I think everyone in this league can attest to. Jesus, he's only thirty. I feel he's, like he's like fifty years old. Right. I agree. I thought he was on his deathbed, really, but. <laughs> Hey, it's all right. I'm still optimistic about Bobby here. Bobby and Lance, good matchup. We'll be, I want to see that in the playoffs this year. One of them's yeah. bound to win a playoff matchup if that happens. It's possible. Hot take. Uh, so that, that game summary brought to you by Thompson Reuters. We're not sure what we do either. <laughs> that is so perfect. And with that, uh, let's let's drop it on over to Logan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even know myself. Let's be real. Uh, what's going on now? Birds of prey <laughs> and five bastards. Ah, in... yes. In I'm gonna go ahead and call it think... matchup of the week. Holy the shit! Birds of prey. Of the week. Birds of prey looked at their roster and said, "Gabe Davis, who needs them? Dak Prescott, fuck them, because we got Tua T and Jalen Waddle to lead us to a 60 point victory. Tua." The front runner for MVP throws for six touchdowns. Jalen Waddle catches two of them as Birds of Prey put up a league high 141 points this week. 
Derek, a popular pick to make it to the championship game this year, falls to 0-2 as another disappointing performance across the board. Derek's really going to need to step up in the quarterback play as expected leader Patrick Mahomes only garners him a little shy of 14 points. Incorrectly playing the wrong running back again, this time starting Cordell over Cam Akers, but it really wouldn't have mattered as Birds of Prey move to 1-1 one and, one and have to be feeling good about their chances for the rest of the season. Back to you, Scott. Hey, fun fact, Birds of Prey with their 141.93, that's the fourth highest point total of new dynasty time of the modern era. So congrats to them. It sure seems like it after these first couple of weeks with how many 60s and 70s and 80s we've seen. I mean, I know we haven't gotten to NWO yet, but but Birds of Prey looks loaded. I'm feeling pretty good about my uh, championship pick here. Yeah, we should have bet on that. That's uh, if Dak comes back at some point and is relatively normal. This this is definitely a championship caliber team in the in the new dynasty time. Perfect. All right, let's move on to uh, Blue Thirty Two. Yeah, Blue Thirty Two and NWO. I know it's perfect segue there. NWO. I'm going to start by talking about Blue Thirty Two. Goes to zero and two. Sadly, not a lot of excitement here. I do think Allen Robinson gets on the board, so that's maybe somewhat positive. 87 points is not bad. Um, I think, as we talked about in-season management here, I'm not sure how many hours a week Brian is spending on uh, managing this squad, but there's a lot of positivity, I think, if he can work a deal or two, because he has Eckler, Fournette, and Brees Hall. All three are very startable running backs in this league. And I would venture to say there are six to eight other teams that would love to acquire one of those running backs at some point. So if he could parlay that into maybe a second quarterback for a super flex play or something else, um, he's, he's not dead at 0-2. Um, I'm going to keep telling myself that you're not dead at 0-2 because I, I need that personally. NWO side of things, uh, just a dominant performance again. Um, I don't remember what his score was last week, but I'm sure he won by a ton. Lamar Jackson, no-brainer first-round draft pick. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, started Chase Edmonds, which, which I kind of chuckled, actually, when you did that, because I was like, what, really? Um, not that it was going to matter, but I just laughed because I didn't, didn't. Think he was a starter. Um, Javante Williams getting nine points is nothing. T. Higgins shows up, which is nice. Travis Kelsey, Craig, I don't know. Travis Kelsey might suck now, so – uh, good pick there with uh, Andrews. But uh, I just want to point out lastly with NWO, the bench outscored maybe other teams in the league this week with Damon Harris, Amari Cooper, and yo, don't mess with the Johan Dotson. Uh, that is an impressive, like, 60 points off the bench for those guys. So, uh, fuck you, Logan. Let's move on. Well, actually – Oh, go ahead, uh, I, have, I have a best Sorry, case yeah. in another league. Yeah, uh, Logan. So Amari Cooper also was riding the pine uh, this week. What, give us a little bit of insight into why he just can't break through. Because uh, everyone else on my team is amazing. You say that, mm, and he might be the highest scoring wide receiver you have in back-to-back weeks. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a, a very good problem to have. Um, And I don't know, I think early in the season, I don't know if I'm the only one who actually does this from a fantasy perspective, but it's hard for me to, like, bench the people I drafted to be kind of my starters in the first couple weeks. I just assumed that it would be Debo and Higgins as my starters. And so once Higgins was cleared to play, I was like, well, he's just going to start. Like, maybe over the next couple weeks, I mean, tonight again, in the game, Cooper had 100 and some yards and a touchdown, like, I'm going to have to start to make some decisions about who to play. It's really hard in week two to do that. Am I a serious question? Am I I the only one who struggles with that? I literally have the exact same approach, Logan, to my detriment almost all the time, but I've never had a team as deep as yours. So I've never really had to think about it that hard. It's like, yep, I only have two options at running back. So that's what I'm starting. Um, It must be nice to have to make some of those decisions. But, well, the hard uh, the yeah. hard part is that other guy that I have too, that Johan guy, he's been good too. So I don't know what to do. Who is that, by the way? <laughs> like what? 
Dude's like going to be ranked. He, after this week, he might. I mean, he, after the first two weeks, he's probably ranked in the top 10 in wide receivers in our league. Is I mean, right? He's got. He's got three touchdowns. I mean, he's he's averaging 16, 16 and a half, 16 points. I mean, top 15 for sure. That's crazy. He's rocking but it. He's rocking uh, it. But that's enough about NWO. God damn it. Well, well one more thing. Amari Cooper. <laughs> Amari Cooper, <laughs> 101 yards and a touchdown two weeks in a row. The same exact stat line. That's pretty impressive. Just saying. If he continues that exact stat line, I'll probably play him more. I think you might want to if that happens, but I hope I'm writing this down, even though there's no way he's going to lose this week. If NWO loses this week, I'm spending 12 minutes on the next week's podcast ripping into him for not starting Amari Cooper. Yeah, That hard-hitting reporting and analysis brought to you by Continental Mills. We also make those Ghirardelli baking mixes you can't afford. No, 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 no. Not actually Ghirardelli. Just the other part. This is the most. This is the most natural advertising my company's done. Unbelievable! Like it's it's just seamless. And (sighs) I think when we thought about putting ads in here, this is this is what we wanted. Exactly. I I I was a little worried that it would come off clunky or forced. (laughs) That's right. And I'm just relieved that it it it's not that way at all. Agreed. Uh, We have one more game to talk about, and I think Logan, you're up. Yes, Kripaz beats the <laughs> little buff boys to go to 2-0 and on the year. A very strong performance from one of the better teams in the league. And credit to their manager, I don't know who actually owns that team, for keeping them focused, knowing they have a big matchup coming up next week, a potential championship dynasty time bowl preview against the NWO. After the game, I talked talk to Kaprize star J.K. Dobbins about it, and he admitted at times they were a little distracted leading up to this game. Uh, however, they knew that Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback for the Little Buff Boys, so no matter what they did, they were going to win. As mentioned, Ryan Tannehill finishes the game with negative points because he is awful at both real-life football and fantasy football. Clyde Edwards Hilaire led the Little Buff Boys, which tells you all you need to know about their team. At 0-2, they're definitely looking forward to next year already. Back to you. I, I couldn't say it better myself. Mark Andrews, that's all. Mark Andrews, I know. The scoreboard on the year, they're within a half a point, I think, through two weeks of the season. So we'll uh, we'll give we'll give Craig his credit there. This, a, this is another team that looks loaded to me. Yeah, I'm a little scared of Craig just because, frankly, Jared Goff might be a good fantasy quarterback. He might be. And uh, – we That's talk about scary. in-season management. I think Craig's up there with the best of them in terms of his in-season management. Uh, so, and and he's got the Bills D. So there's not much else you can really say about that squad. Uh, J.K. Dobbins coming back too. J.K. Dobbins coming back. He's got some trade ammo if he wants to use it to maybe acquire. Prop. Well, it's hard to say. I mean, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. Are these really going to be guys that are? He's confident in come playoff time, and he's got three chances at it, but he's got some options to to make some trades down the line, which I think it might take. Wait, 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 wait. Kevin, was the only reason you added me on LinkedIn is because you're trying to figure out which company I work for? That's uh, uh, no comment. (laughs) You don't have to add someone to see what they do. It's a rookie move. Well, you know, I saw what he did because you're a first connection. We don't need to get into this. Are, are we? <laughs> no one wants to hear this. Are we first connections? I don't we even are, know. Scott. Yeah, we're okay. Good. That's are good. we connected? Probably. We are. We actually were. I wasn't right. sure. Awesome. Yeah. Let me see. Dan Mendelson. I don't think we're connected. Oh, we are. We are. Phew. Okay. We we probably were connected before either of us had a job. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Here's the fun fact about Continental Mills. I learned more about what they do from Dan's LinkedIn profile than their actual website. <laughs> hey, we just rebranded. We're, we're now the Krusty's Company after 90 yes. years. We just celebrated Which 90 years. the dumbest years. name in the world. Yeah, that's interesting. It sounds like you're a clown. You no, know, it sounds like that thing in your <laughs> eye when you have like allergies and you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you have Krusty's on your nose. Yeah. 
But like you're literally the clown from The Simpsons. The the good news is Continental Mills meant less to people because no one knew what the hell that was. Now at That's least true. our the name of our main brand that we own is in the name of our company. Uh, yeah. Does it really matter? Probably not. But I had at least two customers tell me they liked it. So I'm going to go you, with that. You used to work for Target. Now we're just going through now, now we're just going through LinkedIn. Then we'll save this for a, another podcast. Uh, that got a little longer than expected, Scott, but I love yeah, it. Let's get more great. from Lance here. Do we have any other ad reads to squeeze in here? Yeah, do we need an ad read before uh, we go to the well, top three? In our inter interregnum here between our recaps and our top three topics, uh, we have a <laughs> uh, we can introduce the top three topics brought to you by Propel. If you could legally sell seawater it would probably taste like this. But you can't sell seawater, right? It's not seawater. Can we confirm this? Propel. Wow. That, I didn't like that one. That was kind of just mean. <laughs> that was just being a jerk. Yeah. I liked fuck water. I liked that better. <laughs> we, got, we have one more sponsor to thank uh, uh, in, a little, in a little while. We'll okay, yeah. Great. <laughs> We'll make sure it's seamless. Okay, our top three topics this week. Our first one here, obviously, our guest freelancers who, as we talked about, went two and zero, and a lot of drama around freelancers. They had quite the draft. Then they traded away what we thought was a good tight end, maybe not, and he got a lot of shit for not being a good in-season manager. But here he is, two and zero, and do you have the highest or? I don't know if you're highest. What are you? Fourth highest point total in the league, something like that. Uh, welcome, yeah, Lance. Say, Let's uh, talk about freelancers. Yeah, a little, little bit of insight into the strategy here. So last year was a sell-off year. Uh, I seem to remember going 0-4, but I've not gone back to validate this. Uh, leading to a lot of draft picks, two seconds, three thirds, um, and that almost just doesn't let me fail uh, because on the other side of the coin. I wasn't even aware there was a game tonight. So Thursday night games really seem to be biting me in the ass here. Um, so in-season management, as predicted, not really the A-plus trait like a, like a Craig's Pizer, perhaps. Um, so that, that's a little bit of, a, of the overview. Uh, and I'd love to talk a little bit more about that trade, too. But any other thoughts uh, on... on- I- I would like to say that the Thursday night game thing, I mean, I use the same excuse. Are we still allowed to use that excuse? I mean, Thursday night has been, it's been 15 years at this point. I, I, well, I miss it. I miss it too. I miss all of my pick games on Thursday night. Yeah. It's I ridiculous. Say I'm aware there's football played on Thursday, <laughs> but the problem is I always go, no, I don't have any players. Of course not. <laughs> Good point. And you're on the West Coast, so it's like four o'clock when you have to make those decisions. And who's thinking about football at four o'clock on a Thursday? Uh, so I, I kind of, I kind of get that a little bit. But I'm just looking at your your matchup for this week, seeing if you were going to go to three and zero. Starting the Pittsburgh Steelers defense likely accidentally tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's going to maybe come back to bite you in the ass. We'll see if Tyreek Hill can blow up again, but. Uh, Let's let's talk about that trade that you made. What let's who remembers what it was? Was it a? It was a. Well, I, I got the uh, the details up here. It was uh, Kyle Pitts, the Atlanta tight end, highly ranked, and a lot of a lot of excitement around him in the early part of the season. And it was a second round draft pick for next year, going to primetime, and and primetime is owned by, as we all know, Paul uh, okay. King. Paul King. Oh, Paul King. Paul King. So that's the summary. A little bit of the background here. Uh, Paul reached out to me very smartly offering Stefan Diggs for Kyle Pitts and a 2024, not 2023, 2024 round six draft pick from freelancers. And uh, I am really kicking myself in the ass now for not taking it. But what the comment was when, when Paul sent that over was I should have taken Pitts with my second round pick and you have two great tight ends. Uh, I think this helps both of us. And, you know, to be honest, my weakness is flattery. So when he said, I have two great tight ends, I went, you know what, Paul, 
Kai would, if you think Kyle Pitts is worth a second round draft pick, let's do that. Let's do a second round pick next year for Kyle Pitts straight up and make it happen. So Paul very astutely identified what I was even vaguely aware of, uh, which is I who can barely string together two wide receivers on my team uh, and offered me perhaps, you know, one of the top three this year uh, pretty easily. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of the background. Uh, and there's probably one more chapter to that story, but what, what do you guys uh, think about that? The context is amazing because it allows like both of you guys should get totally ripped on for the Diggs thing because Diggs is, I think, the number one wide receiver through two weeks, and the reason primetime is 2-0, the fact that he offered him for Pitts is amazing, uh, and the fact that you didn't immediately say yes is also amazing. So thank you for that. Uh, but talking about the trade that did actually happen, yes, looks like a no-brainer because I understand Pitts could be very good in the future, but I, you drafted him in the second round, is that right? And so is he even a keeper option for next year? Yeah, he was a third-round draft third round. pick okay. with a total of uh, – well, actually, he scored 3.9 points each week so far. So here's, here's, here's the question, though, and I, can under, I understand the trade on principle, and it's theoretically – fair in terms of like okay the value that each of you got and what you received out of it ignoring the fact that maybe Kyle Pitts hasn't been as good as everyone expected him to be to this point in the year I think he'll probably end up being very very good my question for you is you know after this draft that you are in prime position to compete for a championship given how great your roster is we also know that depth is very important in dynasty time and so knowing you could compete, what was the decision-making like that led to you to trade away that sort of depth at such a premium position, given the tight end premium in this league, knowing that you would be potentially weaker this year trying to win a championship? That's a, that's a great question. That's the kind of question we uh, expect from someone who works for Thomson Reuters who is a Canadian multinational media conglomerate. So you know that makes us the friendliest multinational media conglomerate. Thomson Reuters, our stock symbol is try, but if you work here, you definitely won't have to. So the answer is kind of three parts. Uh, the first is <laughs> draft strategy. So- Wait, well, hold on a second, hold on, I'm calling bullshit. You had you had a three pronged approach to trading Kyle Pitts for a second round pick. I have rationalized this after the fact with a three pronged approach. Um, the first is draft strategy. Uh, two quarterbacks. So I knew already uh, playing two tight ends is not going to happen. So when I when I get hit with the flattery of oh you have two great tight ends, I go oh you know I can't play them both at the same time. I'm I'm trying the two quarterback thing this year. Uh, the second one is that I had to drop two players at that point because I had so many draft picks. I still had to get rid of two guys uh, to make my roster legal. So, all right, you know, play for a pick. That, that, that'll work. That's, you know, that's turning, a, you know, dropping like a, like a Nico Collins or a Chris Olave. You know, who's a little bit of a flyer, but you could see him coming out in the second half of the year. Uh, dropping them for some, uh, something I could actually use. And the third, and this is the most important part of the strategy, is that I'm not very good at fantasy football. So, if I'm not very good at fantasy football, what do you want to do? You want to not lock in your roster at the beginning of the year. How do you do that? Well, you require a second-round draft pick for next year. So that just before the trade deadline, if you're shopping around for a great wide receiver, which now we're in week eight or whatever, and you've identified that's the crippling weakness of your team, now you have a second-round draft pick to go buy it premium quality wide receiver from whoever's just kind of like, you know, phoning it in the rest of the season. So what I've kind of done is hedged my really just basement quality in league or in season management for kind of a, you know what, I don't know what part of my team will suck this year. Cause I, I really just, you know, terrible, terrible at fantasy football, but I know that with a second round draft pick, I'll be able to fix one thing at some point in the future. That's actually a brilliant strategy, guys. 
Not going to lie. And I love how he admitted all of that came after he actually executed the trade. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But, yeah, in hindsight, in, I mean, it looks like a brilliant move. I mean, I, I understand everybody gets very excited about great individual players, but don't always think about what team they're on and who's throwing them the ball. And, like, to me, that is – this is, like, a perfect example. Like, this guy could be a great tight end for 10 years in the NFL. We're definitely not going to see that given their their current quarterback situation. And who the hell knows when that's going to be resolved. So, uh, good move, Lance. Honestly, great move at this point. And even if Pitts comes on, I still think it's a good move because Hawkinson should be pretty good this year. So, uh, the gap between the two tight ends, and like you said, you're always going to start two quarterbacks. I don't, you know, I think he did a great job with that move at this point. Well, one more follow-up question for you, Kevin. Um, you know, what I'm sensing a little bit here is there's a real lack of confidence in yourself as a, a leader of the freelancers. And I, I just think you're being a little hard on yourself. Um, and I think some positive self-talk and some, you know, some maybe some affirmations at, in the morning, at night, if you need a little texty text from some, uh, any one of us to pick you up and make you feel better about things, we're here for you. So my question for you is, what is it that myself and Scott as hosts of this podcast can do to help you kind of feel better about yourself when it comes to fantasy football? It kind of sounds like you're offering me like a, like a late night dick pic. Is that what that, what are you implying by late night text messages? We have officially gone off the rails and it was Lance who brought us there. I this is this is the best year of fantasy football of my life. Should be, should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the problem is my team definitely recognizes the gaps in my management and our, our locker room is just simply toxic. So. <laughs> and the dick pics from me are never like, I don't wait for someone to ask for them, just to be clear. So you're going to get them whether you want them. That's the correct way to do it. Yeah. It's a neuter. All right, that's it. That's everything. Basically, I, I wanted to come on this podcast to announce that I have a second round draft pick on the trading block <laughs> for a wide receiver. So, hey, you're out there. Got to sell, you know. I got a, I got a, I, my friend named Amari is looking for a new team. Oh, God. <laughs> I, think, I think the master stroke of genius here would be if I got Stefan Diggs just like later. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. Would I, be think, I think acquiring a second round pick looks incredible when we realize that Stefan Diggs was a second round pick and he's the number one wide receiver. Uh, so that, yeah, that, that might have been a good move there, Lance. But, uh, you might want to wait a few weeks because I don't know if it's wide receivers you're going to need. I think it might be running back, depending on. That's how, exactly the point. Yeah. Depending on how Christian McCaffrey's well entire body holds up, uh, you might be looking for another running back here in the next three weeks. Yeah, if players aren't questionable. I don't want them. <laughs> well, can we have a can, can we work on a sponsor for the dick picks? I think a, yep. I think that should be sponsored by like Brett Favre or. The state, Fire. state of Mississippi or something. Dick picks and stealing all the money from people. It's great. What an awful human being. Like, I, I don't know if we need to go there, right? but it's it's the least surprising yet so disappointing thing. As a as I mean, a Packer we all knew fan, he was a bad right. Was well, yeah, no, but person. like it's really hard as a Packer fan to have thirty years of unbelievable quarterback play, and the two people that brought you there are just <laughs> who they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's not ideal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, topic number two on the list. Oh, actually, one thing I wanted to mention. For those of you wondering, uh, Kevin was correct. The Thompson Reuters stock symbol is try. So he was correct there. Uh, Topic number two on our list here was about scoring and how low it has been in the first two weeks. Uh, And I I was curious if uh, this was a normal thing with a 16-team league. Like, did we used to be this low, or is this something that this year is weird? I think I've determined this year has been weird because uh, I, I went back to like 2015, 2016, and more than half the league was over 100. And we had like several 120s, 130s. And yes, the scoring has changed as well, but with the super flex and everything, I am surprised. Uh, the, I mean, so the only thing is that we don't have a kicker. Yeah, so yeah take ten say, points away. I was gonna say we definitely had more, you know, an extra position player starting every week back then. Um, 
I agree this year's been a little weird. I think this week, yes, it was still low, but most teams were in the 80s or higher. Of course, I feel like last week we had like half the league below 80. Uh, so maybe just week one was just that horrible. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I'm, I'm curious, though, is parity in the league uh, influencing the view of scores? I don't know if you've looked at total point scores or the distribution of scores. But we've had some very low scores, but we've also had some, like, really high scores. And I don't know if those high scores just feel high because the other scores are low. Or we have, like, a league of kind of the haves and the have-nots, and it's going to be awkward in that sense. I think we have a haves and have-nots situation. Well, I think in week one, we only had, like, two actually really good scores. Um, So week one might have been an anomaly. Week two, we definitely had at least, I think, four teams had, like, all kind of wool, like that was a legit performance um, type week, but I don't know. It, it just feels really low. I, I do remember we talked about this coming into the reset period of time right before COVID times and when we were going to reset and everything. We talked about a hundred kind of becoming the new norm of like a good score. And I almost wonder too if so running backs in general, I feel like have, you know, there's so few like great running backs and even the good ones now have dog shit weeks like a Derrick Henry or whatever. Right. And when you, when you have that shift and then you, you nuke QB scoring like we did, I really don't think it's that surprising that scoring a hundred points, you're almost guaranteed to win at this point. So yeah. It's a good point. The running back thing, Nick Chubb is number one overall top player. But then the next running back is 17th at Saquon. Uh, so that's interesting. I would imagine the, the Nick Chubb numbers include tonight. He did play tonight. <laughs> so They do include tonight. Yeah, so that's a that's little unfair for him. Yeah. But he still had a, good, a really good week in week two, so he might still be up there. Yeah. But I just, I'm scrolling through everybody's teams, and like even like a, a Najee Harris, who's supposed to be a top you know, five running back, hasn't really done anything yet. Derrick Henry, at least in week two, I don't think really did anything. Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook. I mean, you know, it's just – it's very inconsistent from that standpoint. So I don't think it's that surprising. Um, you know, I think if we did – I think, you know, in Scott's all of his free time, if you want to go back to a few years ago, take the kicker out and do an eight versus eight player analysis, you know, we could really – dig into this more but i really do think it's as simple as running backs are way less consistent than they used to be because every team has two of them it seems like and we destroyed quarterback scoring i don't think people realize how much we did it used to be 20 yards per point now it's 40 yards per point right that's a that's a significant cut in how much your quarterbacks are scoring every week so that right there is probably five they they still make up they still make up seven of the top 20 players. So, I mean, That's they're fair. still scoring a lot. They're just not – if we didn't nuke it, it would be like the top 20 players. Sure. No, I think relatively it all makes sense. I'm just saying if you look at the absolute numbers, that explains it. Um, I do think we I – th- I think we do have a lot of parity. I think we do have a couple outlier teams that we're not going to mention again. Um, but I do think we have a lot of parity that will allow for some interesting – middle of the season trade dynamics and who wants to try to position themselves to make a run, maybe in, you know, one of the two shitty divisions um, or, you know, and then conversely, who's, who's just going to call it a day, AKA myself and Scott who are in what we thought were going to be the best division um, coming into the year because of the two of us, I think that's not looking to be the case at this point. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. And I do want to point out on the division front. I'm not going to give up there our we divisions. Go. We need new names. There we go. We're going to – hey, I'm all I'm all for giving it three years or whatever. Let's get some real data, see how it works. We all know how it is. So if you truly want to, like, tank and end up in a – try to end up in a worse division or something, sure, like, be my guest. Let's, let's try that and see how that goes. Um but I believe every division matchup or every the first two weeks, all matchups were division matchups, correct? Yes. 
So I think first three weeks. we first three weeks. So so we won't really know until call it week five or six what the divisions are really going to look like. You know who who's the strongest and who's not. Um, but it's it's interesting early that who had C City Boston in prime time at two and zero looking like the winners of the Premier Conference. I, I mean, I, I didn't. Yeah, just to add last last couple of things, I was checking through. Um, I know QB scoring was something you guys talked about. Uh, if you look at how many teams had thirty points or more out of that QB position last week, the number is four. Tua did it by himself. Three groups had three teams had two quarterbacks combined for thirty points, and I just remember like you know before an average QB score would be twenty, so. We're looking at average QB scores, 15 less. Um, so that, that's really a large part of it. Uh, and the other thing is just kind of um, checking the, the, the forecasts for just what Dynasty Time says should be scored. Uh, those are all between about 80 and 110. So I think that's really our new range. Yeah, because we all know NFL is great at forecasting. Uh, but no, you're right, Lance. That's yeah, true, I, though. We don't have... back me up on the quarterback point because that's, that's legit. To your point on parity too, I mean, yeah, we've we've shown NFL's projections, but I don't think they're that crazy. Even I mean, compared to fantasy, everybody sucks. Right, everybody um, sucks. Yeah, but like I, most teams are nine. I mean, Lance, you're right. Like the range is like eighty to one ten, but most teams are in like the ninety to a hundred ish. So there might be more parity than we think. Um, there's just like NWO stands out. CR Pies probably stands out. Um, but even me, like I'm saying, my team sucks. I'm I should sell. I'm yes, Brown's defense played well tonight, but like I'm projected to score over 100 right now. So it's not like even my shitty team is scoring 60 every week, or they shouldn't. Right? Well, and to be fair, NWO is only projected to score 108 this week. Like we all know that they're probably going to score more than that because the projections are probably a little low on a couple of the guys, or someone on his team will undoubtedly blow up because he's got that many good players. But I think it proves the point that, like, literally 90 to 108 or 92 to 108 is like the range for the whatever statistical term is right to use there. That is where we're all kind of going to land. And you got maybe an outlier and, you know, Elster on the bottom, (laughs) you know, but that's about it. I I think even with the quarterback scores being toned down a little bit what it does do is it provides like a real differentiator if your quarterbacks are going to score like the quarterbacks of old, if you will, because that's just points that have the ability to bunch up in a hurry and really kind of allow for those like crazy big weeks. I just don't think you're going to get to a situation where you have a team that is starting one quarterback and that quarterback is Justin Fields that's going to just be able to drop like 130 or 140 and win a week like that. But when you have that upside of those big quarterbacks, that doesn't mean you're going to win every single week, but it means that you have a lot of margin for error because you just need one of them to go crazy to make up for some major gaps in the rest of your teams. I think, I think that's a fair point, but I also think, I mean, I know you called out, you know, Justin Fields, but like, it, we would really have to look at a team that had all of their draft picks and said, all right, if they, you know, like myself, if I wouldn't have taken Aaron Rodgers in the second round and I would have gone Kyler Murray, you know, in shit, kept DeAndre Swift and taken another running back, my team might actually look, you know, way better than it is. So I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think, I mean, shit, Carson Wentz, like, had an outlier big week, so, you know. Yeah, and but like, what I'm saying is, is, like, how often do those outlier big weeks come from running backs or tight ends? Like, it's it's sure. truly, like, crazy. Like, Stephon Diggs goes insane this week from fantasy football, and that's big news. Like, sure, he was a top-scoring wide receiver by a significant margin, but there were a handful of quarterbacks that, that at the top end put up those numbers this week or yeah. close to. Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks have typically always, obviously, normal scoring are going to be the, the biggest point scorers, but more of them would be. 
I mean, I, it's interesting that you say that because I do think a deterrent of going to the Superflex was like, wait a second, did we just make the top tier quarterbacks even more ridiculous than they used to be? Um, so, but I do think, I mean, like, like you're kind of alluding to, take for instance, your two style run quarterbacks that you have that run the football and compare them to like a Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins pairing like your brother has. I think, I mean, it's just a very interesting dynamic of all four of those guys are like allegedly like really good statistical quarterbacks, but from a fantasy standpoint, you're exactly right. Misfits is never going to have that big week with that type of quarterback or, you know, that type of blow up, I think, which is interesting. Well, and you, even if like one of them, like if you have those two strong quarterbacks, you're just infinitely better. Like on my worst, worst week with those two quarterbacks from those two players combined, I'll probably have like 40 points. <laughs> like, I know, I I, like that's the, the floor. So everything else, you can start Chase Edmonds then, and it doesn't really matter. Like you get, you get covers up a lot. Yeah, I mean that was me with Dak and Herbert last year. Right. Like every week was a lot easier. Yeah, well, and McCaffrey gets hurt for you. Doesn't really matter at the end of it because you everything right. else is filled in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think. I guess I I agree, but I also think it goes back to the style of quarterback. If you have two good quarterbacks that are just good quarterbacks in general, but also run the ball, that changes everything. Because even I guess as a counterpoint, I was using Luke's team of like. Brady and Cousins should be good, but in our league now, they're not good unless they're throwing for three touchdowns and no picks, right? So it truly is that running quarterback that if you have two of them for sure, I think it's going to set you apart. I mean, I don't know if we have another example in the league this year of somebody who legit has even like one awesome – where are the other awesome running quarterbacks? Literally, you have the two best ones, right? Uh, I have Kyler Murray, so we'll see how that plays out with Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. If anybody's got two quarterbacks that could potentially stand up to yours, I guess it would probably be those two. Um, but that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, we saw Scott win the league last year when he had the two, you know, two top eight quarterbacks, whatever it was. So, damn it, we're going to be all – Chase and Logan down next year to win the fucking dynasty pot or whatever we call that, aren't we? Love the oh, dynasty pot. I forgot pot. about that. Oh, you forgot about that, my ass. I didn't. I'm going for it still. To be fair, though, uh, Kevin has uh, Stafford and Wilson. Like, maybe not necessarily your pure running quarterbacks in the same way with Stafford, but. It's no wonder that numbers, his team though. yeah, there's no wonder that we like should. his team is that good too. Yeah, we'll see. Wilson only had eight points last week. I like my quarterbacks, like I like my, you know, whiskey. I'm old as fuck. So <laughs> that's a good point. Uh moving on to topic number three, just quickly, any any shocks, disappointments coming out of week two? I don't know that I, I mean, have any shocks or disappointments. I had to say I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the text and phone exchange with my brother having an aneurysm based on every Kirk Cousins drop back last Monday night. <laughs> I know I know you talked about it in your breakdown, but what a cluster that was. And I very much enjoyed watching it. That's all. That was good. I- I mean, disappointments. Multiple quarterbacks with negative scores. Yeah. It's impressive. Not something you see every week. Yeah, it's crazy. It's how that's now. I mean, that's become a thing now in our league. Selfishly, I can't look at my team and not go, holy shit. What, did, what are you guys doing? Mooney and Komet with 0.1 points. And my running backs with three points. Like, this team needs to step it up. We need a coaching change, I think. But that Browns defense. Well, this week's a new week. You know, Komet's gone. We're moving on. But Mooney's but yeah. still there. Mooney is still there. We still have hope. Well, because that's because Dan convinced me to keep him for a tenth round pick. Hey, I, I tried to trade for him. Thanks for not. <laughs> thanks for not doing that. Um, yeah, Lance, on your point on quarterbacks with the negatives. I mean, it kind of was just, Logan was just talking about like 
I have Rodgers who had who had less than one point week one. In the old league, he still would have had like nine points. So that that's that's like a huge and when we're in this new in this new world where everybody's scoring between like eighty five and hundred points, having your quarterback used to get nine and now getting less than one, that's a huge difference in how you have to think about everything. Which I think is great. I think I think we did this for a reason. I think it's great that we went down yeah, that path. I was gonna say one thing that has hit me in the last, like this year even more than last year is like there's so many quarterbacks we care about. Every <laughs> the whole like it's so fun. Like we're just we're watching people we know for the most part. And Jimmy Garoppolo just went for over a hundred bucks in the waiver wire. I mean that's I'm like, surprised it didn't go for more. There's there's more. arguments to made for both sides, but I think most of us agree, especially Logan who doesn't know anybody in the NFL apparently, at least you might know the quarterback. So getting those quarterbacks more involved in the fantasy game makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. Uh, real quick on the most surprising or least surprising, whatever. I'm going to do it. Krapais, because I just love the name. Uh, Krapais did not get enough credit. I don't think post-draft we talked about Krapais at all um, when we probably should have. I think I bitched about the Michael Thomas thing and the Mark Andrews thing and the A.J. Brown trade at the last second. But Krapais is definitely a top three contender. And I'm I'm – uh, honestly, surprised that he looks that good. I, I maybe I just overlooked it, but I think most of us overlooked him uh, coming into the league with back-to-back 125-ish uh, points. Um, is he number one? I don't know. I don't. Logan's probably number one. He, uh, no, Krapiz is number one. There you go. Uh, Eleven points. And he shall be known as Krapiz forever. So thank you, Logan. <laughs> yeah. I can't the terrifying I thing that. is. It's not necessarily his lineup, but that every single one of his reserves is just not a drop off at all. No, so he's, he's kind of bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am very excited for this weekend's matchup. Um, I, I think objectively, like obviously, I have a very strong team. His team is very strong. Only one of us gets to win the division. And I could see, I could see these like our two teams finishing the season, league season with the two best records overall, without a doubt. And I really want to win, so I'm a little, I'm irrationally nervous about a week three matchup for fantasy football. That is for sure. Hey, it works out nicely. You guys are both in the same division. I mean, no matter what we do with divisions, no matter how we do it we're just going to have to get lucky with some compelling matchups and some, you know, some competitive things. And I mean, even having what, what do we call it? Premier conference division two being the quote unquote shitty division. They're all one and one now. And that'll at least make it interesting as we go throughout the season. And I think Luke, Luke is going to try to maybe position himself to go for it. I think league camps has kind of made it seem like, um, you know, he, he knows he's not far off. Um, you know, Jutang, I'm sure will probably give up, but may, you know, Green Hell, I, I don't see him totally giving up either. So we'll, we'll at least have a compelling division there, and that then makes the league better, right? Because we're coming down to the middle of the middle back half of the season. You now have teams battling for the division that maybe in the past would have gone away and been walkovers late in the season, which we all hate. So, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic about the divisions. Uh, give me two. No, more I think they are. I mean, there's opportunities there too. And I think that one of the things for the crossover divisional games is I think the really strong division with Kerpies and the NWO plays the Misfit uh, Jutang Clan division as well. And so there's a real opportunity, I think, to suppress some of those records and inflate some of the other records and. So that's why I said, like, I think this one of those two teams will finish the season with the the best overall record. And I actually, this goes back to the brilliance of picking your own playoff opponents. I really, really dislike Kripais. Like, like he, like, singled me out and, like, picked me and beat me in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And I don't actually know him, but I don't like him. And and so it just adds a little bit extra to that, which is fun. So um, I look He's forward like the to Tom the Tom Brady of the Pizer family. 
if I, you know, he's like really good at everything. So you just hate him for that. Wow. That, that is the correct take. That's fair. I never thought yes. of that. That's a good point, yeah. Lance. Let's all just hate on Craig. I love it. This is amazing because before there was this rivalry between Logan and Craig, Craig and I were in the same division for a long time. It felt like but we were always battling for the division. So I, I mean, I, I hate him. I mean, I don't like feel we. I don't feel respectfully that we've reached a level to like call this matchup a rivalry. I just don't like him. It's, I think it's like the Vikings and the Packers. Like the Vikings think that's a rivalry, but it's just like they just don't like each other. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure Craig would say someone else is his actual rival. I just don't like. I just don't like him, and he's probably worried about other things. But maybe over time things change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of rivals, last question before I head out the door: Wisconsin Badgers at the number three Ohio State Buckeyes this Saturday. Well, what do you guys think? Who you got? Awesome. Plus 19, baby. Let's do it. Over 56 points because Ohio State can score 72. Yeah. The, Did I, you really take Wisconsin to cover? At plus 19? Yeah. You Jesus. idiot. <laughs> Wisconsin covers. Scott takes the over. Dan, what do you got? I'm just not going to oh, watch it. I'm putting all my money on Ohio State. Yeah. I, I, don't I, see, I don't see it. I, I really don't see it. I mean, I've been the tried to be the most optimistic on our quarterback situation. And I think First this of all, will be the Graham week. Mertz. Yeah. Graham Mertz, the number five overall rated uh, he has PFF quarterback. Yeah. The number three thrower of the deep ball in the entire country. There's one thing I know about Paul Chris. He's always going to let Graham Mertz just <laughs> let it loose. It's, it's funny. You know, when, when you got a guy who can throw the ball deep, you run the ball. Yeah. Several times. All the time. With guys <laughs> you've never even heard of. Yep. I mean, it's... Ignoring the it. fact that we had, like, a Heisman contender coming back for at running back this year, I understand the urge to maybe run the ball on occasion, but come on, people. He's got to go. Can Why did you do this to us, Lance? Yeah, Lance, come on. Come on. Now it, we're just pissed off. Is, is, is Michigan good this year? Like, what's the deal? There? We don't know because oh. they keep playing teams that don't play football. So we don't maybe play when anyone <laughs> until Ohio State. <laughs> it was an incredible non-conference schedule for you guys. Yeah. Well, actually, if you go, somebody Not that we made were a much good better. case for it because Colorado State, when we schedule them, was actually good. Hawaii, you know, usually poor but not usually the literal worst team in the country uh and then UConn was supposed to be UCLA and that one fell through we just needed to find someone on short notice so big 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 10 football guy over there in Kevin Lance watches all, watches, it, watches big football Fox Saturday whatever the hell they call it every every week and all right, it's we've really gone off the rails. Dan, is that your ad read for me? Right yeah, there? So yeah. That was I, I, I don't, I don't do ads. You, I, you, you and here, I thought we were, I thought we were doing a wind source ad. I was all excited about it. Well, yeah, that's what we get. That's what we're ending with. Uh, wind oh, okay. stores. Uh, we have a testimonial, I think, because uh, we, we all love wind stores. What the hell's a wind store? It's wind source, right? Wind source. Yes. Wind stores. Where you go to buy your you wind when it's really hot out. Wind source. It's a great opportunity to add renewable energy to your existing account. Says the Tynes. Ah, uh, you guys suck. Was that not a good ad read? I hate you. I didn't I didn't realize we were doing ad reads from Lance tonight. Uh, I thought the only ad read was going to be something about wind stores. Um, so, I, I, unfortunately, you got screwed, Logan, with all of the yeah. fantastic ads. All right. But, you know. We went off the edge. Buy your wind source. Buck water. Uh, Kevin, thank you for joining us tonight. This was great. It's been a pleasure. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll be back to the playoffs. Good stuff. Uh, any last words, anyone? No, Lance, you never. Lance just you never called playoffs. Lance just called playoffs. I love it. There you go. Confidence. Confidence. Dick pick must have worked. We'll see you all next week. Good luck in week three. Bye. Bye. Bye.